So yesterday um, we had a memorial here for somebody and we honored the man who died. Um, said words in an attempt to bring comfort for the family and friends. But as important as a memorial service is or a celebration of life, the journey of grief lasts much longer than an afternoon, right? I mean, we can, we can honor the person and have a celebration, but those of us who have walked through grief know that it doesn't end at the memorial. Sometimes it's the beginning. Sometimes it's just um, maybe even makes it more poignant and more sharp that you've lost that person. And so today I'm going to talk about grief a little bit. Yeah. Um, grief and loss can come in many forms. Today, for the purpose of this, I'm going to be focusing on like if you lose a person who you love, but grief can be other things too. Like it can be things in our life that we've lost, like loss of a job or a home, to walk through grief for that. Could be loss of a marriage or a relationship or loss of innocence or loss of security. So grief can, you know, come in many forms, but also be caused by many things. So although, like I said, I'll be talking kind of about losing loved ones, if there's other things in your life that you're grieving over, you can apply these principles to those things too. We're gonna start in Matthew chapter five. Um, we're going to open in that. I want to start with the words of Jesus, because I think when we're walking through grief, we experience many of the things that are listed here in Matthew chapter five. Um, and the odd thing about this passage of scripture is it talks about us being blessed, even in our hardship. So starting at verse two, and so this is Jesus talking to his friends and his followers. Mm -hmm. It says, he opened his mouth and taught them saying, blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So keep those things in mind. And I'm going to talk about some things to ponder and consider when we're walking through grief and loss. I'll share some more scriptures and some quotes that I found helpful as we go through these things together. I want you guys to know that I'm not an expert on this. I'm walking through it too. And I'm just sharing some things that I found helpful as I've walked through it. And also um, that I've gleaned from other people who have walked through it, walked through grief and loss. And I hope that even though, like I said, I'm not an expert and I'm not actually even great at practicing all of these things all the time, but I hope that some of these ideas will be helpful to you. Um, and each one of these little, like there's kind of like little subtitles, could be a sermon in itself. So I'm really just going to skim over. And if you want to go deeper in any of these, feel free to do that in your time. I can even share my notes with you if that's something that any of you guys need, if you're really trudging through a journey of grief. 
So the first thing I want to talk about is feelings when you lose somebody. You're going to experience many feelings in new ways. Sadness, guilt, despair, anxiety, fear, hopelessness, longing, frustration, anger. All that stuff might run through your mind. Your feelings have to be expressed. You don't want to hold them in, but they need to be expressed in healthy ways. And one thing to remember when you're feeling the loss is that those feelings are there with you at that moment. If you can remember that when you're experiencing those feelings at that moment, it'll give you hope and permission to have different feelings at a different time. You don't have to stay in those. Some things that could help is to write a letter to your loved one or keep a journal of the feelings that you're having. The why and what if questions will be asked over and over in your mind. At some point, you realize you cannot understand the divine nature of birth or death. Embrace living without an answer by trusting and embracing the mysteries of God. And in 2 Corinthians 5, 7, it says, for we walk by faith and not by sight. And Matthew 6, 10, it says, your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. One thing that Helen Keller said about feelings is the best and most beautiful things in the world cannot be seen or even touched. They must be felt with your heart. So all those feelings, none of them are bad, but some of them are hard to feel with our hearts. And it's okay to cry. You know, a lot of those feelings that we have lead us to cry. And I think in our society, um, sometimes we feel like we don't have permission to grieve in that way because it's unacceptable in some settings, I guess, but it's really not. We could feel that way, but it's not unacceptable. What is it about tears that we're afraid of? You know, it's human to cry. We're created to cry. Jesus cried. Crying helps you heal. Cry with your friends if you need to, with your family, and cry alone. Don't be surprised when you're walking through grief, when the grief freight train runs you over. That's how I can describe it. It's how it feels. When that happens, just be in the moment, and it will pass. You think of it like a freight train, you know, it hurts when it hits and it's overwhelming, but it's going to get past and there's going to be a caboose and there's going to be an end to that grief freight train. Um, don't get stuck in it. Don't jump in one of the cars. <laughs> um, struggle through your emotions and you will find relief as your reward. So when we feel those things, then our relief, you know, can come. So in Psalm 35, it says, weeping may stay for the night, but rejoicing comes in the morning. And Ecclesiastes 3, 4 says, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance. Um, Victor Frankl, here's a quote from him. It says, but there was no need to be ashamed of tears, for tears bore witness that a man had the greatest of courage, the courage to suffer takes a lot of courage to suffer and grieve and you should never be ashamed of that what was the proverb before that ecclesiastes oh thank you three four in psalm 35 30 verse five ecclesiastes what? three four 
a chapter three, verse four. Yeah. Um, and we can listen to God with a broken heart too when we're in that place. Because God's not only the doctor who mends it, like Jessica was talking about, but God is also the father who wipes away the tears. So when we're in that place, we can definitely listen for God, what God is saying. My next point is to communicate when you're going through grief. Bless you. Um, talk to people about your loss and your pain. Don't deny or hide your feelings. It's okay to let people know that you need them and to ask for help. Consider writing a letter to family and friends outlining your needs. A lot of times people want to help, but they don't know how, you know? And um, every person needs to be helped in a different way. So I know it's hard. That's something I'm working on actually, <laughs> letting people know my needs and getting help. And that's hard for me, but um, something that I'm trying to get better at. Be patient with those people that don't know what to say. Talk about your loved one and share your precious memories. Don't ever be afraid to do that. Don't ever be afraid to share about the person you've lost because you're afraid of making somebody else feel uncomfortable. You know, that is not your burden to carry. That is not something that you should be ashamed of or, or feel, you know, bad about sharing memories about the person you've lost. Okay, sometimes it takes, you know, if the person you're talking to is feeling, un I'm not saying to try to make people feel uncomfortable, but, <laughs> but, but don't go out of your way. I mean, but share those memories. And if the person you're sharing with is feeling uncomfortable, there's probably something in them that needs to, you know, it's almost like giving them permission to do the same thing, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, share those precious memories. I always love to hear about people's people, you know, that they've been lost because that keeps people alive in our hearts. Be grateful for those with the courage to hear your pain and stay with you on the journey. And always, always remember that you can always talk to God through prayer. You know, God was with you through the things that you went through, whether it be a loss of a loved one or a loss of something other significant in your life. So God understands. You never need to be afraid of God not understanding. Um, so communication is important. Matthew 12, 34 says, for the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. So let that heart, you know, speak out. And I really like poetry. And so here's like a little, it's short, it's not a long poem, but this says, for prayer is hope put to the test. And hope is faith in what is best. Faith is power to do great things. Thus, prayer is faith's enabling wings. So let your prayers be wings for your faith to take flight. Um, and also refusing to ask for help when you need it is refusing someone the chance to be helpful. And it always feels good to be helpful to other people. And other people would love to be helpful for you too. Uh, my next point is to grow through your experience. Although loss is not comfortable, it can provide an amazing marker in life for incredible transformation. Look for the lessons to be learned in your situation about yourself and in life. What can you do to overcome and survive? Look for opportunities in your loss situation to grow your relationship with God 
and in who you are. You can be defined by your past or be refined by your past. Seek to love and serve others and value the gift of life in a way that you never knew before. Loss can do that. It can teach us how valuable life is. Um, John 16, 33 says, I've told you these things so that in me, in Jesus, you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Yeah. And an anonymous quote is, strength doesn't come from what you can do. It comes from overcoming the things you once thought you couldn't do. So that's great strength. And you, I want to, not that you need my permission, but I want you to give yourself permission to grieve in your way. You've been fundamentally changed by your loss and others have too. It takes time to discover who you've become. You know, we're changed when we lose something or when we lose um, someone. Realize that each person is different and each person will grieve in ways that you may not understand. During your time of sorrow, be patient. Guilt and anger need to be expressed and released. Sadness and sorrow can be so heavy and paralyzing. You might struggle with this thought, but grief, guilt, and anguish can be a blessing in your life. Because when God meets you in those places of grief and anguish, you'll experience a raw grace from God that... I hate to say is unlike any other time, but I've ex the raw grace I've experienced in those times um, is, is transforming. Don't be afraid of that. Don't be afraid to feel the feelings and experience the raw grace that God has to offer. Um, as I read before in Matthew 5, 4, it says, blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted. And one of the psalmists wrote in Psalm 88, 9, um, my eyes are dim with grief. I call to you, Lord, every day. I spread out my hands to you. So it's kind of like that surrender. Anne Lamott um, says, and I, I like how she says this here. She says, you will lose someone you can't live without and your heart will be badly broken. And the bad news is that you will never completely get over the loss of your beloved. But this is also the good news. They live forever in your broken heart that doesn't seal back up. And you come through. It's like having a broken leg that never quite heals back the way it was before. It still hurts when the weather gets cold, but you learn to dance with the limp. <laughs> Sometimes dancing with the limp is And Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, some of you might be familiar with her or not. She uh, wrote a lot about like the stages of grief. Um, she says the reality is that you will grieve forever. You'll not get over the loss of a loved one. You will learn to live with it. You will heal and you will rebuild yourself around the loss you have suffered. You will be whole again, but you will never be the same. Nor should you ever want to be the same or would you want to? Because that person has changed our life or that event that you went through has changed you. When we grieve, we can become more Christ-like. Follow the example of Jesus Christ. Love God with all your heart, soul, and mind. Love people unconditionally. 
forgive, see beauty everywhere, and give thanks for all the blessings in your life. Allow the hardships and grief to soften your heart to become more like Jesus. Allow it to transform you in a way that makes your heart softer to God and to people, not hardened, and go in the direction of love. In Luke 10, 27, it says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. And Philippians 4, 7 says, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Um, you can't change your destination overnight, right? but you can definitely change the direction in which you're going. Yes. And eventually, once you change that direction, your destination will be different. So little changes make big impact. Um, there are a few more of these. This might be a two-part sermon. <laughs> I'm speaking next week too. <laughs> um, not that we want to camp on grief, but... I really feel like grief and loss and walking through that journey is something that we don't talk about very often. And it's something that when it happens to us, we really, really struggle, or at least I do, because I feel like sometimes we don't have the tools to walk through that. And so this is just some tools for your toolbox, tools for my toolbox too. So um, all of us are on our unique path. You're going to travel that path on your own with God's help if you choose. Don't compare your path with someone else, right? We don't want to compare our life path with someone else. And we also don't want to compare our journey of grief with somebody else. Other people's paths may cross over yours and be similar, or maybe they're going to run nearby, but only you can take the steps on your path. Only you can choose to see the beauty around your current location and enjoy your journey, even a journey of loss. Because when you love deeply, you lose deeply. Great love leads to great loss. And that's the truth. And you wouldn't want to give up the love. So the loss is worth it. The love, I guess the loss, grieving deeply is worth, yeah, Mike, help me here. Grieving deeply is worth um, the love that you had for that person or that situation. Like Stevie Nick said, it's better of love and loss, but it's never of love. That's all. right. Amen. Amen, Stevie Nick. Uh -huh. <laughs> That's right. It's so true. Um, only you can choose to see the beauty around your current location and enjoy your journey. There may be amazing drops to deep valleys, but keep looking forward and take it one step at a time. Psalm 23 says, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And Psalm 119.35 says, direct me in the path of your commands for there I find delight. So God can direct our, us in our path for sure. I love this J.R.R. Tolkien quote from The Return of the King. It says, in... No, the journey doesn't end here. Death is just another path, one that we all must take. 
Um, and over every mountain, there is a path, although it may not be seen from the valley. So just know, even if you can't see where you're going, just keep going, just keep going one step in front of the other. Um, and I think this will be my last point for today. And then I'm gonna do the rest of this next week. Um, accept God's grace. Accept that your loss will offer you a new understanding. Trust God with all of your thoughts and feelings, even the negative ones. If you're struggling in your faith, cry out to God. God is big enough to handle your lament. What that means is God is big enough to handle your sadness and your anger, even if it's really big anger. Accept God's guidance and live in the palm of his hand. Accept his peace and comfort. 2 Corinthians 2.9 says, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. So in the moments that you're feeling weak, know that God's power is made perfect in our weakness. And I'll end with that. Um, God's grace is there for you. I guess, especially when you're feeling really low, um, God's strength is right there and it doesn't feel like Superman strength, right? It feels like a chance to get through and it feels like a way out of despair. That's what God's strength looks like in our weakness and know that when you, you are weak, you are strong. And sometimes that's the strongest is when we're weak. I'm going to end with Psalm 23. And then we'll have part two of this next week. <laughs> so I wasn't, I wasn't planning on that, but I think that's probably instead of trying to read it really, really fast. <laughs> Say what? Yeah. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me down paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. For the Lord is with me. His rod and his staff, they comfort me. He prepares a table for me in the presence of my enemies. He anoints my hands with oil. My cup overflows. Sure, the mercy and goodness will follow me all of the days of my life. For I will reside in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Yeah, and I just want to declare that over each and every one of you. That goodness and mercy shall follow you all the days of your life, and you shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever, even as you dwell right now in the Spirit of God. Forever you will dwell in the house of the Lord. So, um, God, I thank you for today, and I thank you that you're with us on our unique path. You're with us through our highs and our lows. And you're so close when we're walking through grief. I pray for each person here who's dealing with grief over things in their life, things that haven't gone the way they expected, things that have just thrown them off balance, God, and they feel like they're teetering and they don't know if they're going to fall. 
I lift those people to you and I pray that your raw grace will meet them in that place. No, Holy Spirit, you would rise up inside each and every one of us to meet those places that are grieving and mourning and that we would learn to embrace um, even the suffering that we're going through and allow it to transform us into the people that you've called us to be, that we wouldn't be afraid of grief and that we wouldn't be afraid of our own grief or anybody else's. Teach us how to grieve well and teach us how to walk with others as they grieve. In Jesus' name, amen.